0: Welcome to the CrowdChurch podcast. We are an online church and you are listening to the service that we also live stream on YouTube and Facebook. For more information about Crowd Church, please visit our website at www.crowd.church.
1: Welcome to CrowdChurch, uh, Crowd my name nice. is, yeah, we, we've had such a good fun time talking <laughs> to each other that we forgot we were live or streaming. We're not very good on the technology either, so we might get a lot of the words wrong. Uh, Al, your name's cool. Al, I've known you many years. Al, tell the people who you are.
2: Well, I'm Al, I'm, I'm Alistair, and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to the day's uh, CrowdChurch, uh, not only because uh, I'm sitting with Arthur yeah, on, on the sea uh, can... of luxury um, and we've got a talk from the fantastic Mr. Edmonton who is an incredible man about men which is I'm going to be honest certainly my favourite subject I know <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> because I have a real heart for um, seeing men uh, uh, live for their potential and um, so today is a very exciting day uh, for me and um, well, I'm a dad and uh, I'm married to Rach who, who actually does present, Um Crowd church, she's a great woman. Um, and I I do you have three, a job? I do, I do have a job. I'm a surgical practitioner in cardiac surgery. Go on, uh, dumb that down a little
1: bit. It, uh, I, I harvest veins and arteries for a bypass procedure and uh, I... Uh, so you stand up, you've got a sharp knife in you, <laughs> and you cut into people That's, that are ill. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah, People with heart conditions, so. Wow. So
2: yeah, and, and I've done that for 30 years, and I love every minute of it. So
1: fantastic, so, uh, fantastic. Um, so do you know what happens in Crowd Church? Do you know what's about to happen in a few minutes? Uh, uh, yes. Because I'm, um, I'm meant to be telling people, but <laughs> I want to know if you think you know.
2: <laughs> I think I know that
1: we're going to go into, uh, into, into worship, uh, are we? Not, no, you, you've already confused me. We're going to, <laughs> I think we're going to a talk first, and then I've got some notes here. And then uh, we're going to pray a little okay. bit about Ukraine. And then we're going to have a worship, uh, some worship time. And then Conversation Street, where we want to talk and interact with you. So if you've got um, that thing called chat, type in any questions, any observations, anything you want to contribute to. So we are a little online community, if that makes sense. Um, And as Al has said, we are talking about men, and in fact, before we came on air, if that's the right phrase, um, we had a very quick debate, a very quick moment, and we decided that a few years ago, the idea of what is a man and what is a woman probably wouldn't have been a discussion, but now it's become part of certainly Western culture that that, that that thing that you knew you know, are you male, are you female was, was was obvious, perhaps, I don't know if that's the right word, whereas now it, it's not necessarily up for debate, but it's certainly something that's more nuanced and more complicated. I don't know if we're going to cover that. I think we might cover a few other things too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you for uh, tuning in. Tuning in? Did you do that on the <laughs> internet? On the internet. Thank you for switching on, logging on. Um, we're going to go now to, so have got any conversation, chat it, put it in the chat. We're going to go now to Matt, who's going to be answering the question, and it's a big one, What does the Bible say about men? QVT
0: What does the Bible say about being a man? Now, as a man, this is an important question to answer because there are so many conflicting views about what being a man is all about at the moment. From the belief that the patriarchy is the root of all the world's problems to absent fathers, to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, what should we make of it all? What, is it, what does it mean? to be a man because it's one of the most confusing ideas in our current culture so to take a few minutes and look at what the bible has to say about this well i think is going to be worth our while so question number one an obvious question how do men differ from women according to the bible now let me just say, I want to reiterate at the start, right here at the beginning, that here at Crowd Church we believe God did make us male and female and in so doing made us different. And there are differences, there are biological differences, some of which are entirely obvious. He created men for a reason and he created women for a reason. And I think that God celebrates that and we should too. And it's okay to be different, but that difference between us does not result in different value or worth. We believe that men and women are created equal, of equal value and of equal worth. Men are not superior to women and women are not superior to men. When the Lord God formed us, We believe that he made it so that men and women do not differ in worth or value or contribution. Men are not the root of all the world's problems and neither are women. We believe that sin is the root of all problems and not gender. And to be honest, most of what we're going to talk about today, I think, applies equally to the sexes. But there are a few things that the Bible sings out, sings out, singles out for men. So what does the Bible say about masculinity? So, Wild at Heart was a book released in 2001, and it has been a bestseller ever since, and was based on the author's idea that men, especially Christian men, were pressured into becoming nice guys, and therefore had lost their passion and adventure in life. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this book or even read it, but what fascinates me is not so much the content of the book, but rather that a lot of men felt that there was a need for the book. Men had somehow lost their masculinity and needed someone to give them permission to embrace their identity as men. Men everywhere needed to rediscover their passion for this God life. Now, 96% of the reviews of this book are four stars and above. And let me tell you, knowing a little bit about Amazon, that's a lot of positive reviews. Yet as you read through the negative ones, it becomes apparent that most of them have been added recently, rather than when the book first came out 20 years ago. And you have to ask the question, why? Well, it seems in the modern times, it's no longer valid to use gender to explain why you may like or dislike certain things. One reviewer of the book wrote, there are many opinions on how we or men should behave. Or more recently, that we do not behave as men have in the past. So being a man, even in the church, is being challenged again. And if you want to know my honest opinion on all of this, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Nor is it necessarily a good thing. I do think it's good to challenge ideas and norms and stereotypes. But that's not always brilliant, is it? So what does the Bible say about the role of a man? So over the years, I have used the phrase man up. I've told people on many occasions to man up, but I've realized in recent times that this phrase, well, it's not always that helpful and it can have all kinds of connotations uh, attached to it that are definitely not helpful for men. It's a phrase I'm trying to use in a much more measured way. Let's just put it that way because one of our stereotypes of men is that we bottle things up and we don't show weakness. And I think, well, I think that's wrong. This is not manning up. But the Bible talks about this in a really interesting way. In the book of Corinthians, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote this. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. So the Bible tells us to act like men. But what does that mean? Is this, in effect, the Bible telling me to man up? So what I want to do is draw out some of the traits of what it means to act like men according to the Bible. And to do that, I'm going to zoom in uh, on some verses from the New Testament, also written by Paul, specifically 1 Timothy 3. Uh, verses 1 through 7, and the book of Titus, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. You can read these at your leisure. There's a long portion of scripture that I didn't want to go through uh, word by word in the live stream, but we'll put it in the notes. And in these two portions of scripture, the Apostle Paul gives his readers advice on what to look for in men that want to become leaders. What are some of the characteristics that he is looking for in men, in good men, in God men? So before we get into Paul's 19 tips to becoming the ultimate male, let me tell you what it doesn't say, because this is also important. And I do want you to listen to this list Uh, Sorry, I don't want you to listen to this list with some kind of bias in your heads, right? It doesn't say, for example, that men are to rule over women, to be crazy aggressive, to bury our heads in the sand, to believe that emotions are a sign of weakness, or to have an interest in sports and lift weights. No, that's not biblical, biblical masculinity. So what do you think should be on this list? What does the Bible say is a good man. Well, Gene Getz wrote a book called The Measure of the Man that looked at these two scriptures in depth and he summarized them as this. Number one, a man should be above reproach, a man of good reputation and unquestionable integrity. The husband of one wife who is morally pure, temperate, balanced in words and actions, prudent, wise and humble. Number five, respectful, be a good role model. Number six, hospitable, unselfish and generous number seven able to teach communicate sensitively in a non-threatening and non-defensive manner number eight not addicted to wine not addicted in fact to any substance number nine uh, not self-willed not self-centered or controlling number 10 not quick-tempered void of anger that becomes sinful Number 11, not pugnacious, which is a great word, uh, not abusive. Uh, Number 12, gentle, be sensitive, loving and kind. Number 13, peaceable, non-argumentative and non-divisive. Take note, modern man, not divisive. Uh, Number 14, free from the love of money, i.e. non-materialistic. Number 15, manages his own household, well that's not easy to say, Uh, manages his own household well, is a good husband and a good father. Number 16, loving what is good, pursues godly activities. Number 17, just, which means wise, discerning, non-prejudice and fair. Number 18, devout, holy, devoted to God. Number 19, (laughs) self-controlled. Okay, disciplined. Well, that's for me an interesting list, right? A men. This list, as I said, is going to be on our website. You can get this list in the notes on the website, so make sure you get a copy of it and review it regularly, right? But does it look like the list you had in your mind when thinking about what does it mean to be a man? Is this what acting like a man looks like? And ladies, let me tell you, you are not excused from these list of characteristics. You cannot abdicate your responsibility to the men uh, in the world. I'm sorry about that, but you can't. That said, in this talk, I am addressing men specifically uh, because I think we, as men, we need to bring some biblical balance back to masculinity. And for me, this is a great starting place. And as a man that's been around for a few years, men Men need to measure themselves against this list as a starting position, right? Now, I would love to unpack each of these characteristics for the next 19 weeks because that's the kind of thing that I'd like to do, Uh, but I'll have to save that for another time. So let's jump into just a few of them. The first one, right at the very beginning of the list, Paul said you should be above reproach, a man of good reputation and questionable integrity. So acting like men means being above reproach, which is an old-fashioned word that I don't think we use much these days. I I can't say as I've ever used it in ordinary conversation. Uh, Some translations use the word blameless. This doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, because men are far from being perfect, let's be real. But we should have what they call an unquestionable integrity. Paul talks about how a man of God should have a good reputation. So for example, When the early church faced a significant problem, uh, the apostles said this in Acts chapter six, they said, let's seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. You see, they were looking for men with a good reputation to solve a critical problem. Now, a man of good reputation is spoken well of by those around him, especially his family and those that truly know him. And the Bible places a large emphasis on being men of good reputation. But the thing about reputation is that it takes a long time to build, but a moment to destroy. Reputation is a long-term investment into your character, which is all about making difficult decisions in difficult times. It is not the most straightforward thing to develop, and you can't buy this on Amazon, can you? You can't apply for it and get a scholarship at your local university. Reputation is forged over time, and it's worth doing. You see, because it's biblical to be a man who is above reproach, a man who has unquestionable integrity, a man of good reputation. Now, I don't know about you, but I find this deeply challenging. And if I'm honest, slightly uncomfortable because when you think it through, it's asking a lot of you. The second one I wanted to draw on this list was this idea that men needed to be hospitable unselfish and generous. Hospitable. That's interesting, isn't it? It's not something that I would expect to be on the list, if I'm honest with you. It wouldn't be on my blog post, 19 Steps to Becoming the Ultimate Man. That's for sure. Be hospitable. Welcome people into your home, into your community, into your tribe. And it's not just about being hospitable to your close family and friends. This is about being hospitable to the stranger too. Now, historically, the church actually has been pretty good at being hospitable. But if I can push a little bit here, it's usually because of our amazing wives rather than ourselves, men, isn't it? Being hospitable, be kind, be generous, and welcoming to people, even people you don't know. And this is more than just a meal. Often, it's about being willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. When Paul wrote this list of characteristics that men should aim for, he wrote to people who mainly lived in one room houses and if they did have two rooms, the second room was actually a guest room so that they could be hospitable. Think about that, how much of their homes was devoted to hospitality. So you can see for these people living 2000 years ago that this was a massive inconvenience, right? Especially if you only had one room to live in. Now. I'm in the UK, on average, in the UK home, there are 5.2 rooms, 5.2 rooms. I don't know who measures this, but apparently that's a true statistic. But despite having copious amounts more space, we are significantly less hospitable. The bigger our houses get, the bigger the walls get around them. And again, I find this deeply challenging and slightly uncomfortable, if I'm honest. I'd much rather someone tell me that I should learn how to fire a bow and arrow to be a man of God. But the Bible doesn't say that. It talks about being hospitable, be of good reputation, be hospitable. And then Paul talks about men needing to be just. (laughs) Oh, my. Just, wise, discerning, not prejudiced and fair. I think this is so countercultural at the moment. Culture currently is not just, especially because people find it impossible to take responsibility. They only own up if they get caught out or if it is made public. I heard a great quote that we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And that's not just, it's not right. Men are to be just, wise, discerning, non-prejudiced, and fair. (laughs) The Bible is challenging, isn't it? And then And we are just scratching the surface, right? This is so hard to do. It is really hard to understand what that means when all you see around you is a cancel culture that still likes to operate in the shadows and secrecy to get away with as much as is humanly possible that pushes all the blame onto somebody else and accepts zero responsibility for their own lives. Can I get an amen? right? So what can we do when faced with ideas that are so countercultural? Where do we learn what it means to be a man? What it means to be a Christian man? Well, the good news for us is that all of these characteristics, all of these qualities are found and demonstrated in Christ. Jesus shows us what it means to be a man, He is above reproach. He has unquestionable integrity. He is faithful to his word. His yes is yes, and his no is no. He has a good reputation. No character throughout human history has had a reputation like Jesus'. He shows us how to be hospitable and care for people that are strangers that don't deserve his mercy. He shows us how to respond to people who are different to us and how to be extraordinarily kind and generous to those people. He was a big hit with children, but he also made time for people, both men and women. Jesus shows us that love really does win and that it really will change the world when people see his kindness. He shows us what real justice is all about. He advocates being meek, for example, which means having that kind of hidden strength, being teachable. But he also turned tables over in the church or the church at the time and throws out corruption and injustice. He shows us that justice in effect starts with ourselves and how personal responsibility and accountability can lead to world transformation. He shows us that mercy and justice are interwoven and how one without the other simply doesn't work. Jesus, let's be fate, let's be real, is for me the ultimate male role model. He's the ultimate hero for us. He shows us what it means to be a man and how being a man of God is still radically countercultural. And if all that sounds a bit difficult, if it sounds all a bit hard to do, all a bit hard to live up to, well, that's because it is, right? Being a man of God is not straightforward and it demands a lot from you. So Jesus not only shows us what it means to be a man, he helps us become that man too. And when we walk with him, we see what being a man is all about. And through his Holy Spirit, he transforms us into God-man as long as we stay humble before him, listen to him and obey what he tells us to do. Paul wrote this when writing to a young lad called Timothy. He said, all scripture, the Bible basically, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, God is all about making us whole and complete He's about equipping us, which is it's amazing, really. That's the gospel. He's not left us alone, which I think is brilliant, personally. Being a, being a Christian man, then, is all about recognizing that it is a high calling, that you cannot do it apart from him, so you receive his help, his grace. And you receive his grace sometimes willingly and happy sometimes begrudgingly. (laughs) But I tell you what, my experience that this is this, that this is the most extraordinary and exciting journey to be on. It is one heck of an adventure, let me tell you. So going back to what Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Act like men, this idea has hopefully become a little bit clearer. But notice the context in which Paul wrote this. Being watchful, standing firm in the faith, being strong. These all talk about the ability to stand for the long term. And that is critical. To become a man of God is intentional, but it is also a long-term investment. It is about daily choices that happen over the years. So thank God for his grace when we miss it and he gets us back on track. Now I don't, like, I don't know about you. That to me sounds something worth devoting my life to. I won't be perfect. I am going to mess up, but Jesus can handle my failures. It's my inaction that he struggles with. So I'm going to keep going, working on this because it is so worth it. Jesus <laughs> Would you help us all to become men of God?
1: Wow, lots to think about there Alan. <clears throat> uh, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I know we did. We're going to talk about it later. Yeah. Whether you are a man, whether you identify as a man, whether you're a woman, you probably know some men and I hope you're going to get a lot out of this. If you've got comments, we're going to have a chat about it in a bit. First, Al, can you pray for, particularly the situation in Ukraine, but can you... You're a good prayer. You pray, man. <laughs> it's
2: interesting, isn't it? So many, so many points of coverage there. Uh, but one of the most important things for us as Christian men and women, to be honest, this is our prayer life. And uh, we're going to take a little opportunity just to sort of, to start to pray for the Ukraine. Um, obviously, there's atrocities going on that we can't even imagine. Um, so we're just going to pause um, and uh, just slow down a little. And I'm just going to I'm just going to lift up. The nation of the Ukraine to to God, and just ask for your sense of presence and peace to flow into the churches and into the into the places of gathering within that within that nation, and to flow in to all the places of pain, and that that, that we believe in the power of prayer, Lord, that you can begin to heal, and not just um, when things. The dust has settled and, and the war is over, but you can begin to intervene now, and I just pray for that intervention. I pray for that intervention that the the soldiers, uh, particularly from Russia, would come to their senses and realize that they are fighting their brothers and sisters. That the people would realize the 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 futility of uh, of war, and I just want to pray that for your for your speedy end to this conflict. We do believe in the power of prayer and we know that prayer changes lives and changes situations. And we just pray for your intervention into the Ukraine.
1: We just ask this in your holy and precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Thanks, Al, brilliant. Okay, we're just gonna go into a time of worship now. And we're gonna have the, uh, the, the song is Grace Alone. Uh You okay to press that for us, IT people?
3: I was an orphan lost at the fall Running away when I'd hear you call Father you work, your will I had no righteousness of my own I had no right to join your throne But Father you loved me still And in love before you laid the world's foundation as your own. You have raised me up so high above my station. I'm a child of God by grace and grace alone. To the bone, nothing I did could ever atone. Jesus, you paid my debt by your blood. I have redemption and salvation, Lord. You died that I might reap what you have sown, and you rose that I might be a new creation. I am born in. By grace and grace alone. I was in darkness all of my life. I never knew the day from the night. Spirit, you made me see. I swore I knew the way on my own. A head full of rocks, a heart made of stone. Spirit, you moved me. At your touch my sleeping spirit was awakened On my darkened heart the light of Christ has shown Called into a kingdom that cannot be shaken Heaven's citizen by grace and grace alone Yes I'll stand in faith by grace and grace alone I will run this race by grace and grace alone. I will reach the end by grace and grace alone. Heaven sits in by grace and grace alone.
1: I like just start by, by just saying something here that's really interesting, but inspired by Al's prayer about Ukraine, and it's something that really made me shudder. So I've got um. Me and my wife, we've got three kids. We've got a daughter and two sons. And when the war, when Russia invaded Ukraine, um, I think there was a move at the time for anyone could leave the country effectively as a refugee. And the rules, if I understand it correctly, were women and children can leave. Uh, If you're a male between 18 and 50 or 60, you were meant to stay to defend Ukraine. And uh, my son, and I know we've got some similar age Matt. My son was 17 and I thought, I was just it's a hypothetical question because I live in mm. Liverpool. But I remember thinking to my you know, saying to my wife, if we were in Ukraine now, I would say, you take the kids and you go now. And it, it's an odd thing to say, it makes me quite emotional to
2: think,
1: mm. I will stay, get get the boys out, yeah. because which is silly, isn't it? Because you know, think, well, my daughter's very valuable to me as well. But Jamie's nearly 18. I want him gone before he can fight, which might sound cowardly, it might sound like. No, you should stay and be a man and defend your country. But purely selfishly, uh, I was like, no, I, I, I would want to save my children and I'd want to save my own family. And I just I don't know where I'm going with that. But in your prayer inspired me it reminded me of those words. Of, mm. uh, we 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 expect men to behave in very much a certain way. And We understand that people like Putin are aggressors but does that mean that all men have to be defenders as well? Um, I don't know where that's going. I'm terribly sorry that I haven't got a <laughs> good Yeah, great great talk though, Matt. Thanks for that. We, we, yeah, we were spinning off it. Al, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you something now, but I can't think of a question. Go
2: on. Uh, Well, just as a springboard off that, I think, I think one, of, one of the interesting um, thoughts that kept going through my mind is you were doing your talk, and as we were listening and we were interacting with each other, is this is an enormous subject. Yeah, it is. And and if, if you asked the question uh, 40 years ago, you would have had a different answer. And if you had 20 years ago, you had a different answer. And, you know, uh, we're men of a certain age. Uh, um, and, and we're asking questions now as we are, um, you know, as I am in my 50s. Um, and the correct the answers that I'm getting it within myself and not on reflection would obviously completely be different. And all of those questions that you asked, that list that you read out, mm. that is, they're all big hits, aren't they? Yeah. But you did mention, you did mention that that on, on several occasions that we are on a journey. Mm-hmm. And if if you listen to them in total, in total, you come back with a, a concept of that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And yet, us, the three of us have all found ourselves in situations where we have journeyed mm-hmm. into our age yeah, yeah. and into our conclusions and into our emotions and and, and we're, we're
1: fortunate. Yeah. Um, well, we've got ourselves in the church that we go to, and I don't know whoever, wherever you're watching this, in the church we go to just saying to Al, if I needed help, i got 10, 20 fellas that I could ring and say, um, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z, and every one of them would go, right, I'll put down mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and I'll find time to talk to you. And I think that's a wonderful um, privilege to have that. And yeah. I wonder, the thing about hospitality was really interesting, because you now you talk about man up, and there's another phrase, isn't that we use a lot about having a man cave, and how many men, certainly of my men of my age, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, 50, I'm younger than I, older than Matt, 51, how many men go into their own little world, their own little man cave, either literally or metaphorically. But you were saying about being hospitable. And part of that is being hospitable to the stranger, the refugee. Mm. or you want to foster, thought I'd get that in. Um, I knew you would,
0: Phil. I put that in for you, the whole hospitality thing.
1: I, I think there's something, isn't there? There's something about being hospitable to other men. And being the one, the one that's active and says, and you see this in the Bible all the time, Jesus going into houses to talk, being with men going, let's walk, let's talk. And mm. sometimes we have to be proactive, which is not necessarily how we like being, and go, right, I will make a point of going for a walk, going for a drink, doing something active with another man to build yeah. that relationship. Because for a lot of men, they, they lose their friends, they somehow sh- shred their friends. And you, you know, like you were saying, how uh, the, the, the women I know have got a relatively large network, not all, not exclusively, but men sometimes shrink their networks. Yeah. Their friendship groups, or if they've got one, there is a is it an Omata code? Mm. We watch football or sport or whatever or whatever it is, but we don't actually mm. talk about how we feel and, and mm. what we do. And that certainly, I'd say, in our Western culture, has become very, very normal. And I'm, I'm guessing it's been like that for some time. Mm. And if you look at the example of Jesus, he got to the emotional and the depth of conversation and relationship very quickly and that's just a wonderful place to be you know Mm -hmm. with like yourself alan with with matt but loads of other fellas as well if and if you're watching this and you are struggling alone man um get in contact with us i don't know where you are but we'll we'll, even if it's on the internet we can try and find some help or we can find somehow groups to patch you in with because Mm -hmm. be alone being being lonely is just awful what what was really interesting i think uh, just
2: on the springboard of that is, is the fact that you, you mentioned um, uh, how we learn to be men, and um, the example that we follow, as and as and as, as 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 members of the church, our example is Christ, our example mm-hmm. is Jesus, and and that's how we learn, that's how we follow the teachings and we follow the the example and the emotion and and the sensitivity, but also the strength. And the, the 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 within Jesus Christ there is that perfect man, mm-hmm. the perfect example. But unfortunately, we aren't perfect. And mm-hmm. um, so to 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 be together is the beginning of perfection. Is to actually help each other. It says about iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. To be vulnerable, to be understanding. And if people have had an absent father or have had a, a, an abusive relationship with their their male role model, then that's the how they perceive God, yeah. and that's what God is, and that's, that's not God was, is has is, is never been that, you know. And we're very fortunate in the fact that we've been able to process together, yeah, yeah. These emotions and and uh, uh, even even our physical manifestations of 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 pain or discomfort that can be caused by mm-hmm. deep rooted hurt um, and wounds. Um, and I think I think it was brilliant the fact that within your talk you kept bringing it back to this is this is essentially a process
1: yeah.
0: yeah 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 it is it's it's definitely not an instant transformation as we can attest to and the cool thing and the reason I'm excited guys to be on this broadcast with you is I think we have known each other for a long time and we have walked through some stuff and one with- of the things that we were we were involved with for a long time was a group where every week we would get together, we would chat, we would pray, we would think about the things of God, and we would be open, we would be honest, and we would be accountable. And they were some really great times for me. And so I think you're right, Al, I think we do go on a journey. And Phil, I think you're also right. You need men around you to help you on that journey, to get around men and be transparent and honest with men it's interesting dan Pryor in the comments is saying hello by the way he was another guy involved in that group so um absolutely fascinating so rachel's asked this question here right um uh who are your earthly role models as men and i think this is an interesting question i guess do men have role models uh, and who who are they what do you reckon phil
1: that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, yeah. Nicely smart. It, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, is it? Because I do. I, I think, first of all, you have to realise whoever you've got as a role model, if they're a human being, they are. They will let you down somewhere mm. along the line. And I do... Um, I mean, I like a lot of sports, so I do find it fascinating to see... So, for example, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I find Jurgen Klopp a fascinating yeah. character because yeah. he, sees, he brings out... Whatever you say about him, whatever you think, he brings out the best of... People around him, not just mm-hmm. he says, "Here is the tactics: go left, go right, pass it this way." He somehow brings um, a mental strength and an emotional strength, and I enjoy, I enjoy his emotional honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy when he's being interviewed that you can see him being up, excited. You can see him yeah. going up oh, as good as I wanted, but he does seem to take it. Uh, whilst he wants to win, he does seem to go. This, this is important. It's not vital. Hmm. It's not hmm. vital. And, and my, the first verse when I became a Christian, the first verse I ever learned in the Bible is also the shortest, which is why it is a great one to learn, which is Jesus wept. And I, <laughs> yeah. Jesus wept. So Jesus burst into tears, as far as I can tell. You know, his friend had died, and he went, oh, and he cried. And I, remember, and I remember getting very clear, like, hang on a minute, this guy has emotions. Yeah, yeah. And I think a role model for me has to have emotions, and it's quite okay to, to show them in fact you should show them you should be in touch with your emotions there is no strength whatsoever in suppressing mm. how you actually feel and you are allowed you know when I was when I was a kid you know if somebody said how'd you feel I'd have gone uh, hungry tired excited those were probably my my emotional <laughs> that isn't that isn't helpful and mm. again you know whether you're married whether you've got partner girl from whatever your situation. Um, knowing how you feel and being able to express that is really important. Yeah. Because if you don't express it clearly in a way that somebody else can understand, you're going to express it another way that isn't yeah, at all. You're, you
0: know, it you always to, comes out, right? It always it, comes out.
1: Grieve one way or the other and it comes mm-hmm. out as poor mental health or alcohol. You don't have to talk about, you know, uh, addictions, destructive behavior. So mm-hmm. you either get violent or you get mm-hmm. drunk or you get, you go into you're in yourself. None of those things are helpful.
0: Yeah, over. that's um that's really interesting, isn't it? And I think Al Here's a here's an interesting comment from Matt Crew, and I'm kind of preempting what you would say to this question, like who was your earthly role model, principally because I've heard you talk a lot over the years. Matt Crew says, I'm blessed to have had my dad, he's a legend, and my granddad, I love my granddad, still do, but he died 30 years ago, miss him every day. Yeah. And I think male role models how closely are we as men to our fathers? Are our fathers our role models? I think there's something in that. Al, what do you think?
2: Well, I think I think that's a, I think that's a, a, an enormous plus. To be honest, to have a positive male role model, and I was very blessed uh, to have a very very, um, a very strong man, uh, a, a, real, a male role model in my, my dad and also my grandfather, but they both died just before my 16th birthday. And I, I, there was a hole in my life because mm. of the loss of those men, those, those significant men. And I was very fortunate in the fact that I was brought up in a, um, a closed church and, and other men took place, took, t- just stood in the gap and asked me how I was doing, uh, were genuinely concerned and, and, and genuinely affectionately towards mm. me and, and uh, wanted to see me succeed. And that gave me an opportunity to actually see that that even though I'd lost my earthly father and my earthly grandfather, I had a heavenly father and an example Mm. from other men within that community.
0: Yeah.
2: They say about it it takes a village to raise a child, well, I'm going to go one step further on that. It actually takes a group of men to support a group of men. And that's one thing that, as guys, I think that we're, we're, we're quite poor at. And as, as Phil mentioned earlier, you know, um, I did a little bit of straw poll a little while ago, and, and um, I asked a lot of uh, our female friends who that they would go to, and they had nine or ten names that they would, mm-hmm. of people that they would speak to. And when I asked um, men in the church and outside the church, they gave me one to two names of people that they would go to. And I find that really impressive, impressively, um, uh, disturbing Mm. if you lose one or two friends, then you're alone here. Yeah. And I think, I think there's loneliness within all areas of our community. Of course there is, and it's not just masculinity and it's not just male, but I think it's a significant thing. If you you haven't got a go to guy, Mm. go to, um, guide, support, um, there's so many people who are inspiring. There's so many. Um, but whoever said, uh, um, you know, when the question's asked, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer would have been within society would be no, not really. And I think that is completely counter what um, you said. Us. Yeah. We are our brother's keeper. We are mm-hmm. our brother's keeper. We are. And I think from a perspective of of this, this conversation about men, I think it's really important for us to actually appreciate. The the there is a space to mm. be a man. There's a space to grow into being the man that God mm. has to be. But also, you know, using the, the 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 concept of emotional, physical, and spiritual, all of these men, all of these aspects of our character mm. are these things that we need to work on. Yeah. And mm. we need support to work on. Yeah. Because yeah. we all have gaps. We yeah. all have um, and it's, it's that list that you talked about, um, we need support and we can do it if we have support.
0: We can. I totally agree. And it's good to have support around you as men. Uh, that's for sure. And we've talked about that. And and the beauty of that, I think we can all attest to, really. Um, but Sharon here has put in the comments, and this is an interesting one, if you have um, a partner a, a wife a life partner uh, which all three of us have uh, what can women do to support the men in their lives in being godly men what are you writing, in film
1: well that's a very good question <laughs> um, the peculiar thing about men is we like to pretend that we find things out for ourselves we don't any <laughs> and, and, and it, it does put it, it can put a, a woman who loves you in a predicament because she might go it's so obvious what you need to do um and and yet we are the last people to possibly with it. Like, so the classic one we'll all be flippant, which is typical of us, isn't it? We'll go from very serious to jokey, which is, you know, I don't go to the doctor until my wife says, You are ill, you are going to the doctor. And it's like it's a no-brainer to go. <laughs> you know, uh, I I oh, that's a Sharon, that is a million dollar question. I would love to be able to give you a three-point answer. I think if you are, uh, if you're trying to get your husband, because it, it, you, what you're not, we're not saying here is manipulating anybody. What we're saying mm-hmm. here is helping people to be com- comfortable with themselves, to be happy with who they are. And I'm going to say very generally speaking, if you find something that somebody's doing well, I'm talking as a teacher here as well, as a dad and a you know human being, if you can find what somebody's doing well and you focus on that and go, I like, you know, maybe not quite as simplistic as this, I like the way you do that. I like the way you do this. This is a great way of um, of helping somebody to go up feeling comfortable, com- confidently, mm-hmm. and then you could maybe, but not go, but well, it would be even better if you did this, but building up somebody's confidence because I'm wondering whether with a lot of us, a lot of men, a lot of it is bravado, a lot of it is machismo, so we're pretending when we really feel quite in- quite insecure. And mm-hmm. I think the you know, we talk about um, our dads as well, Matt. I know, I mean, you know, um I write, I say, I've said this before, I write to my kids quite often, I write them letters and when they, get to, when they get to be 18, I go, here's all the letters I've ever written you. And each letter ends with, I'm doing the best I can with the information I have. And mm. you are angry with your dad mm. um, because he wasn't as good as you want and he did X, Y, or Z, or you're angry with him because ne- you never knew him or he left or he mm. died. Um, the only real way you're going to deal with that, you might need some therapy, you might need somebody professional to help you, but actually I think forgiveness is a really important part yes, of it is. going, I, I need to forgive this person, mm-hmm. because you know what? If you spend your life angry with your dad, yeah. you are ruining your life. And I'm going to suggest to you that it's going to make it very difficult for you to be a good dad to the children that yeah. you have. Um, and it, even even the person with a great dad will say, oh, but they, they could have done a little bit more. And I think it's yes. a sign isn't it? Where you go, um, and you know, you could be 10 when you work this out or 15. Actually, I need to, um, I don't want to say move on from the, uh, situation with my, with your father, but you need to go, right. I am now a grown up. I need to, yeah. I've got agency. I need to work on myself to go, how will I be a good dad or a good man to the people around me? And what, like you said, in your talk about so many good things, Jesus was a phenomenally comfortable, he was comfortable in his own skin, wasn't yeah. he? So mm. he, wept. so he's happy to cry, I also think it's interesting that he slept a lot. (laughs) I'm having a sleep now, have a nap. I'm I'm not being too flippant there. He also was very comfortable with the kids. That great bit where the children were hanging around him and disciples Mm. went, get away kids. He went, no, no, no. I was like, what a magnetic personality. He was very happy to be in a society where children were not esteemed. He was happy to be with them. He also was happy to talk to people that we, it's hard for us to understand it, but we were very much marginalized. So. Take this however you want, it was a patriarchal society. He talked to women, and for a mm. man to talk to women and treat them with respect, particularly foreign women, yeah. I'm thinking yeah, there's a very good story about Samaritan woman, so Samaritans were not liked by Jewish people, Jewish people didn't like Samaritans. Jesus spent time talking to this woman mm. um, it was at a well, sort of communal place, and you're thinking, that's a remarkably ma- a remarkable man who's very comfortable with who he is, who will yes. talk to anyone, mm. And you know, you mentioned hospita- hospitable, and he, his reputation was amazing. But he also was prepared to risk it, I guess, to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. The society would have gone. Yeah. You don't want to talk to them. They're Romans. I've yeah. um, yeah. no idea what the question was. Oh, it was Sharon's question. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a great question, Sharon. I think I think you, it you, being positive has more impact and encouraging on somebody than negative. Telling people what they can't do and what they're not good at never helps or rarely helps. It's trying yeah. to find what's good. And um, yeah, it's a good question.
2: Anyone else have the answer? I I uh, just as an aside, I think I think when you're in a um
1: a maturing relationship,
2: uh, I think communication is key. Um and uh, that was always the example that we've been given. And uh, sometimes uh um as a, um Pastor David Connell used to say, you asked the last question first. And I always think that that was a really, really wise thing to say mm. because sometimes um, the last thing that I want to say to my wife is the, probably the first thing I should say. And the conversation that we have off that, um, I I would suggest over the years, uh, 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 and uh, I hope Rachel would back me up on this, is our responses to each other have matured mm. over, um, over the decades that we've been married, the two decades almost that we've been married. Um, I think I'll be getting in trouble if that's wrong.
0: <laughs> no, no. Rach has written that she loves you in the comments. You're safe, bro. You're no, safe. I going. Going.
2: All the details. Um, <laughs> but I, but I definitely think that, that there is a uh, there's an element of encouragement and mutual respect. Yeah. Um, mm. And and interestingly, I was reading somewhere that um, the the in the Beatitudes when when the word meek was used it referred to to a soldier who was able to keep their sword sheathed and i found i found that really interesting when i read that because i've never read that before Mm. and somebody can tell me if that's right or wrong but i just love the idea of 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 the the person being able to use um the weapon but choosing to keep it under control and I think that's the maturity of yeah. masculinity, the maturity of, 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 um, what a man is, mm. um, somebody who can choose. Mm. And, and uh, as, as Phil was saying, I think it's really, really, really important to actually sort of, to look at how culturally men are perceived and, um, and seriously that, that call that if you do need help, um, as a man, if you do need somebody to talk to and and, and it's a big talk, then obviously mm-hmm. it is important. Yeah. But but there are so many uh, ways to to start that conversation yeah. uh, about your journey into into wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's great.
2: That's well, great. Communication. It's definitely yeah, about
0: yeah. No, it is. I think it's um it's a, such a great question and, and some very good insight there, boys. Listen, I'm aware of time, so I'm going to ask the impossible of you both. Right? <laughs> and, and that is to keep your answers to 30 seconds. Now, um, if, there was one, <laughs> if there was one thing, um, you've been, you know, you're, you're both amazing men and uh, both amazing Christian men. And it's kind of like if there was one thing you wanted Christian men to know, what would it be? Uh, or oh, your son, so you're, you're talking to yeah. Jamie. was oh, the one thing you uh, want him to know?
1: There is, this is gonna sound uh, ridiculous, there's, there's a strength in weakness, knowing, knowing what you can't do, that's actually wonderfully strong. Uh, there's a phrase, mas- toxic masculinity, which is perhaps described as just bullying, but there's, mm. you know, bullying people is wrong. Toxic masculinity is wrong, but there's a strength, there's a strength in going, I'm not very good at that, I don't feel good about that. And expressing that. Express your emotions.
2: Yeah. Well I I, I think that's I, I think that's a crucial point. I think that's really important to actually admit we have emotions, to admit that that we need to express them and that we need to, to process. Mm-hmm. I think processing is really important. And don't be afraid to process. Um and work on your prayer life. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I think we we we, we talk a lot I talk a lot, and yet within my prayer practice, I stay silent a lot as well. Mm. And that's something that I've learned over the years. And I think that there, there is a, an enormous amount of safety for us to go into that, the secret place, yeah. work on our prayer life. So my encouragement, and it would be an encouragement, is, um, is work on your prayer life. Read the words that Jesus said because mm. they are spectacular, yeah. yeah. And He
1: is still the most perfect. Man. And, and knowing when you, I mean, I'm not there, it's the journey when you know that God loves you, uh, and you fully understand that you fully embrace that. Or when you go towards that, I'm not sure it's possible to fully embrace it entirely while we're alive, if you know what I mean, mm, yeah. You, you actually have a sense of self, a sense of security, mm-hmm. a sense of confidence. That means you don't need to metaphorically or literally pull your, your sword. It's yeah. like you yeah. don't need. You know, bullies and aggressive people are hurting people. Yes. it doesn't mm-hmm. excuse what they're doing, but when you are comfortable with who you are uh, and, and you know you are loved, it's like other people are less of a threat. And when mm-hmm. we see everybody around us as a threat. Then, then it's it's wonderful, we can be hospitable, we can be who God made us to be. And you look at Jesus with the, the women I've mentioned, the children, but the other men he was able to talk to, very powerful people mm. and people who were very marginalised. And he treated everybody the same because Jesus was absolutely comfortable and content with who he was because he knew uh, who God had made him to be. Um, very yeah. good. Very Richard, good. just as an aside, I Richard am- raw used to say,
2: you either transform it or you transmit it, and and I would encourage anybody who's watching this that Jesus can transform yeah. mm-hmm. anything that's going on in your life, any pain, any wound, and then you won't transmit it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, a, I think that's a real take on message for for um, us all, really. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Very good. Transform or transmit. And I guess to, to add to that, I think when you're transformed by God, you transmit the love of God. And, yeah. and that's a much better thing to, to do. So, gentlemen, honestly, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Street, and, and having you guys on crowd. We should definitely do this again uh, and talk about talk about more stuff like this. Yeah, brilliant. That'll it's be been crap. absolutely fantastic. So next week, uh, do either of you know what's happening next week? I don't think I've told either of you, so I uh, guess not. Yeah,
3: up <laughs> yeah,
2: crowd is happening next
0: week. Say again.
2: Crowd, is
0: happening next week. Yeah, crowd is happening next week. And Sharon is doing the talk. What does the Bible say about anger? Um, is it a sin to be angry? What does happen? We talked about Jesus getting angry, for example, today. Yeah. All that's coming up next week. So we're going to talk about anger. Uh, I will be hosting with the beautiful and talented Mim Moorcroft. She's going to be joining me next week, which I'm really looking forward to. I think it's Mim. I'm saying that. I'm fairly sure it is. Uh, But yes, we have got CrowdChurch coming uh, next week. So do like and subscribe uh, to CrowdChurch and you will get notified when all things are happening. I'm going to put the website on the screen. You can reach out to us on any of the issues that we've talked about tonight uh, through the website crowd.church you can reach us on social media at crowdchurch with the exception of twitter certainly facebook and instagram you can and if you go to our website there's also a whatsapp number on there you can reach us to on and we would love to pray for you hear from you help you any way we can gentlemen it has been to quote keanu reeves from the movie replacements it has been an honor to share the battlefield with you both uh, yeah. and uh, it's been brilliant so we're going to close out the service now with some Worship. After the worship is finished, the live stream will end automatically. Please feel free to hang around in the comments. Say hi. Um, but from myself, have a wonderful week. Gentlemen, any closing comments from your good selves?
1: Uh, Nothing profound. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. God loves you. Yeah. That's
2: better. That's have
3: it. a great week. That's it. <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs> nice one, man. Every chain will break As broken hearts declare His praise For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah He's roaring with power and fighting our battles Every knee will bow before Him Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain, for the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb, and every knee will bow before Him. Open up the gates Make way before the King of Kings The God who comes to save Is here to set the captives free For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion The Lion of Judah He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee Bow before him. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Stop the, stop the Lord Almighty Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion Lion of Judah, He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before.